Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session if you sell for a living or help those that sell for a living. And today I'm joined by Tom Stanfill and Mark Lampson, and we're going to talk about, well, prioritizing your opportunities. Your most precious resource is your time, and so we're going to help you manage that time most appropriately. So, uh, Mark and Tom, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And welcome to have, it's good to have Mark back in the, uh, back in the fold. Back in the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Nice extended vacation, I did. Mark. Welcome back. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, been a uh, rough transition, to be honest with you. Uh, this work thing is... Uh, it's getting in the way? takes up a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, does everybody know that Mark took a three-month sabbatical? No, no, no one knows no, that. They don't know that. Okay. We weren't really going to talk about it. But Did we uh, do no. a press release? No. No, no, we did not. I think, yeah, so it's part of, part of being at Aslan. After, well, after 10 years, I'm three years late, but, uh, yeah, I'm very uh, grateful. To, uh, the Aslan team for allowing me to go out and do that and spend time with my family in the summer and uh, see I don't even have to use my computer yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's forgotten how to use you. Uh, I'm learning how to use a calendar. I'm like, well, what's a calendar? It's the alarm. What's going on? You did well, find the office. We're happy. Let me make this segue back into work really easy and uh, allow you to continue what you probably did all summer and mm-hmm. tell me what you were drinking in front of you there. Lots of practice. Uh, just the other night we were at a sushi restaurant yeah. and I had a Sapporo and I said, you know, one tastes good so more tastes better so I stopped by the store and got myself a, a little six pack and noticed the shape on these, yeah, uh, they're uh, you know they have this like little they're they're twenty two ounce can. Did you know that? No, I did not. Can you tell that it's twenty two ounces? It looks big. It's silver. Yeah. It's frosty. It's cold. It's four point nine ABV. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have that right there as well. Okay. All right. Good. That looks good. Um, I guess I'll go next because this is my favorite time of the beer drinking year. It really is. Um, this is my favorite beer this time of year. It's the Shipyard Pumpkinhead. Shipyard. Yeah, mm. yeah. This those is two, you don't hear those words together a lot. Shipyard Pumpkinhead. Pumpkin yeah. No, okay. it's and and the gentleman on top looks like um, oh what was that the Sleepy Hollow guy. Oh yeah, right. Uh, Very not, scary. Not Ichabod Crane, but the actual Sleepy Hollow guy. Mm-hmm. What's his name? No one knows. All right. So um, <laughs> Pumpkinhead is a crisp, refreshing wheat ale with delightful aromatics and subtle spice flavor. It's four and a half percent. So let me take a swig of that. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's that is good. What are you laughing at over there? What I do you don't have? know. I just I, I'm laughing at my beer. So that was good. There's it was. It's very good. You're welcome to taste it. So my sons would be very. I have three sons. They'd yeah. be very proud of me. I've completely converted over to Indian pale ale. Okay, I was a wimp for a while. I was a lager guy. So I've gone all pale ale, and today... No I'm, offense to you lager folks out no, there. And no, and all, all beer drinkers are equal. Yeah, yeah, you're not, no, you're not a whip if you like lager. No, I know, I, but I've gone to... The, I think it's peer pressure, my, my, my son's... But I love it now, like the hoppy. So I'm going with a local again, Scofflaws. If you go th- go back to history, I picked Basement IPA. Yes, I remember that. Basement yep. previously. But I'm now enjoying, and maybe this has something to do with the fall Christmas, but I'm enjoying the Christmas of their Pog... Pog IPA. It's the Pog Scoffloff Basement. Uh, and Pog stands for passion fruit, orange, and guava. Passion fruit? I'm serious. It's, it's, it's very good. are putting guava in your body? I'm not. I'm, they did it. They What's did it. ABB. Listen thing? to this. No? Listen to this description. Uh, meet Basement's outgoing little brother, a little less business, a little bit more <laughs> party. We, we added the passion fruit, orange, and guava. So I think this captures my personality. Well, the ABV is 7.5, so Ooh, I may not be able to finish slow. this pie, podcast. We're going to have to pick I don't know what the, the IBU Literally. is, but for those of you that are technical, the IBU is 45. 
think that has something to do with hops. I, I don't and know what that means. SRM is seven. It's an international so for beer those unit. keeping score it, at home. Mm-hmm. International beer unit is 45, so that's good. No. Higher, better? I think so, yeah. Yeah, mine's 18. So. Oh, you're going to open it. And um, uh, if you have, uh, mm-hmm. if you fast forwarded through this to try to get through the beer description and we're still here, it's amazing. But <laughs> keep it here. And here by the go. way, you might be missing the point yeah. of the show. We're, we're done. trying to have some fun here. Well, we don't know how to sell, but we do know how to drink beer. Yeah. Well, you got to be good at something, my mom always said. So, you know, today's topic really about the problem of of time management and what are some of the things that we can help uh, sales reps do better in terms of time management. And I think the the main thing is prioritizing opportunities. And so we have two experts on above said topic. Uh, And so let's get started. Uh, Let's let's get into, you know, what we want to do to maximize time. So, Mark, I'll start with you. What what do you think is a critical way a sales rep can manage their time better yeah well i mean obviously the key word and i think we've said the word is is prioritize so you know time is your most valuable resource and to be clear this is you know listen to this if you want to improve your sales results without changing your skill without changing your pipeline like there's nothing new going on it's just are you prioritizing the limited time you have now some of you might say i have unlimited time and i don't have enough deals to pursue well, that's great but for the rest of us uh the reality of it is if you had more time you could sell more you don't so you have to pick and choose or prioritize what accounts or what opportunities within those accounts that i'm working on yep yep so I think we want to, what we want to do is just break that down into something measurable, ways that people can take that laundry list of accounts or opportunities that they want to go work on and pick the ones that are, that are most uh, appropriate. Well, yeah. And Tom's going to, I mean, Tom's going to give us that answer, I'm yeah. sure, in a second. But, you know, for those of you who say, well, I prioritize, I have a spreadsheet. Sure. I would bet most of your spreadsheets start with, you know, the account name and then say dollar opportunity and then you sort. Yeah. Biggest yeah. to smallest. And... It's not, it's not terrible, but it's it's definitely, I would say, we're going to tell you it's the least important thing in just pure prioritizing your opportunity. What's dollar that? size. Just the dollar size. Yep, you know, okay. It, it's, it's, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a friend uh, who's a vegetarian, for example, and he prioritizes what he eats because he doesn't want to sort of put, you know, too much fat or too much animal product. But yet he, when he eats an entire bag of chips... That's 800 calories. Yeah. He's prioritizing the fat. Yeah. But the calories are what the biggest issue are. I don't know who are. we're talking about. So that's an example. <laughs> that's an example. That's not right what he just did. So, All right. So, so dollar opportunity is important, but it's yeah. the least important. I think we're going to talk about what's really important. Yeah. So, Tom, let's bring you in. So so, so give us some things to think about. Um, how do we maximize our yeah, time? How do, we, how do we maximize our time? And I think it's important to note. That we're not just talking to hunters who are looking for new opportunities. You also, if you're managing accounts, how do you rank and prioritize the opportunities within those accounts, which therefore determines which are your best, most qualified accounts. So it's not just for people hunting for new business, but it's also for for people who are managing existing accounts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, There's really three questions as we've studied this for years. There's really just three questions that will help you determine where to prioritize your time, which is, is the opportunity real? Yep. Is there a real opportunity? Because if there's not, it doesn't matter, right? It, it, is it worth winning? Yep. You know, is it worth? And that's what Mark was speaking to. Is it worth winning? Is like, what's the size? Do I really want to spend my time? And that's the one that's most obvious that everybody focuses on. What's the size of the opportunity? Is it worth winning? And then, can you win? 
And today, I think we want to focus on the first one, is the opportunity real and can you win? Because I think that's where a lot of people uh, are missing criteria when they determine where they spend their time and ultimately give the, the opportunity to score, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Okay, okay. Yeah, the, so, I was, well, I was just going to say, and, and these are important mainly because salespeople are optimists. I mean, they are. They have a good attitude. For sure. They have a good attitude. Yeah. Good, you know, and, yeah, there's an opportunity. I mean... Maybe. Maybe. But, and uh, sure, I can win it. Yeah. Well, you can if you have unlimited time, yeah. but you don't. So This is where play. sales reps in concert and great collaboration with sales leaders, those that have maybe gotten more experience over the years, can really work together to choose what accounts mm-hmm. to really focus on. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important distinction. So, all right. So, Tom, back to you. Let's, let's talk about is the opportunity real? Like, what are some of the top criteria, some of the things our friends can think about as they, uh, as they start to prioritize? Well, the, when you look at who you typically talk to when you pursue an opportunity or some, an opportunity comes to you is what we call the evaluator. It's mm. the person who's responsible to vet vendors and partners and opportunities and pricing. And they're the, they, gather, they bring value to the process, but they're typically the people that, that, that you know, don't determine what happened. They kind of make it happen. Right. And so the first thing to determine if the opportunity is real is who's driving it. Because if the people that are, if, 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 if someone not driving it, and how do I, that's the best way to say it, the people that need to be driving are the people that have the power to solve the problem yes. and have the resources and have the political capital to make it happen. The budget, so if everything. you're talking to people who, you know, will, will do the work, but they don't make it happen or determine what will happen, then um, it may not be a real deal. So again, as I start talking to people, about an initial opportunity, I want to know where did this come from? Yeah. Who's driving this? Whose idea was it? Who made this happen? Where's this going? And if it's like, well, it's my idea. Yeah. Well, and then, what, well, then what's your role? And then you got to that that person's ability to determine what, what will yeah, happen. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So who's driving it? Okay. Who's driving it? Good, good. What's another one? Solution fit is another one we typically will have, you know, put on the list. And I think it's important to say that this, these are ideas. Everybody, like Aslan, has their own criteria for how we determine if the opportunity is real. And I would recommend that everybody listening to this come up with their own criteria. But they, these are some of the most common criteria. Solution fit, meaning they have a problem and were you created to solve that problem? Yeah. Or is this kind of something that you have to kind of make work? You could potentially do it. But it's not really what you do. Is this a core competency of my company or just something I dabble in? Yeah, right? like like we were talking about this before the podcast, like CRM. Yeah. Right. You can have like you could really manage your accounts and your invoices with a spreadsheet, or you could have a most robust Salesforce.com system that they offer. Right. And it all falls under the heading of I need to manage my customers, I need to manage my activity and time and all this stuff. But just because the problem sort of sounds like a CRM solution, is that what they really need? Is yep. that what they're really looking for? They could just be looking for custom spreadsheets. And, and a lot of that will come out in discovery, but you've got to make this determination if you're going to spend your time in this mm-hmm. particular yeah, space. Yeah, I mean, we, I sit on a nonprofit, and yep. we have you know, a, a, you know a, a thousand people in our database, and we continue to get pounded on by you know, the organizations that do automated digital marketing and campaigns and all this. And and realistically, we're just, a spreadsheet's fine. Like, we don't, they, they hear there's an opportunity. Oh, you're a nonprofit. You have a database. You fundraise. You got money. But there's not an opportunity because we just don't need what they do. We just, it's just not a solution fit. We yeah. don't need what you do, and there's no opportunity for those mm-hmm. companies. Don't. Yep. 
Stop calling me. Every company has a unique ability. Like the, they got into business for a reason, and they're really good at a couple of things, maybe one thing. And so to know that and to, and, and to see how that fits with the problem they have. But if it doesn't, walk away. Yeah. If you really, you really, this opportunity really isn't going to happen. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the car examples are a simple one. Like, if you make SUVs and that's really who you are and that's what you're going to, and, and they are your cars all about safety and they want a sedan or they want something that's fast, it's like, yeah. it's just in the fit. You, they came to the car lot and you're talking to them, but you, you, all the follow up calls to touch base that's and it. see what's happening and keep up with them, it's not going to happen. Just get out of there early, yeah, save, you know, early. save yourself for Try someone to kill that can use early. your stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Now, there's a third portion to the is the opportunity real that i think is extremely interesting why don't we talk about compelling events tom what do you mean by that yeah compelling event is probably the most important of all the criteria you yeah. focus on one i would circle this one compelling event the compelling event is defined by what is making this happen yeah why do they have to invest in this now and the stronger the compelling event the more real the opportunity is. It's that simple. Like, if you ask the question, why do you have to do this? Well, because we just are missing this and we need to do it. Well, what would happen if you didn't do it? Yeah. Not much. Right. It's not real. Yeah. Like, for them to put resources and spend some money on something and take the time away from something else, because there's usually in an organization there may be 20 initiatives. They're only going to get three done. Right. So why is this going to be one of the three? Well, it has to happen because... We're trying to sell our company, and we've got to get our profits up. And this is a, cre- a critical component of getting our profits up. And if we don't do that, we can't sell it. Okay, well, that may oh, – because we just got a new CEO, and they said this is the number th- – this is number one on the initiative. This has to happen because our loyalties issue or whatever they did. If it's not coming from some place of this has to happen, it won't happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, as a as a business, we talk about this all the time. A great compelling event when when you're talking about sales training is when a sales leader, you know, moves into a new spot, mm-hmm. right? So, right. That's, so, that's something for our business. That's yeah. right. In our world, in a lot of the world, the people who are listening, the decision maker is new. Yeah. So in our world, when a new sales leader or a new training leader comes in, they sort of get this carte blanche. Maybe they're on a honeymoon period. They have budget to go make these changes. They're going to make changes. And we might be one of those changes. It's something we look for. Yeah. So those are, and I'll just say this about compelling event. Um, sometimes you can kind of make your own. So sometimes it's about educating. The, this is what really good sales reps do. They create urgency around, uh, we work in some business where there's legislation, legislative changes that are coming and the market's going to change and sort of getting ahead right. of things. But the bottom line is reps miss this. They don't want to hear that there's no reason to do it now. Right? You've heard the customers say, oh, we've been talking about this for a while. Or yeah. this is, if, <laughs> if you've been talking about it for a while, I've been yeah. talking about a lot of things for a while. I've never done them. What's the real reason? And this, I would argue, is we're going to get to can you win next, yeah. which is against competition. But here, this is really your biggest competition is status do quo. Nothing. The, the customer yeah. does nothing. Yeah, You spend a ton of time and energy. You give them some stuff. You give them some freebies, and they do nothing. And that's okay. Do nothing or solve it for, internally. Yeah, that's yeah. right. For them, but it's terrible for you. Yeah. This is a really good point you're making, Mark, because it, the, the key word is want to versus words or want to versus have to. Because if you offer a certain solution, especially if you're speaking to the evaluator who's maybe their whole world is about talking about your solution and that's what they do and they're, they want to get educated. And so you talk to them and like, oh, we want to do this. This is something we really want to do. And they do. And you're talking about some solution that you care. We want to do that. Yeah, that's probably something we want to do. I love that. 
do you have to do it? That's the question. And if they don't have to do it, then you've got to get to somebody. And I love the mark that you brought this up. You've got to get to the person who can make it happen. Who, who, if you can get to that person and they change from I want to to have to, yep, that's one of the highest levels in sales is to be able to do that. But it's, you've got to be doing it the right person. Yeah. I wanted to get rid of my old heating system for years. I really mm-hmm. wanted to. I knew it was inefficient. I knew all the reasons to get a new boiler. Yep. I wanted to. I got quotes. People came out, checked yeah. in, followed up, touch base. We had a storm. We had a flood. My basement filled. My heating system went out. I had no heater, and it was November in Rhode Island. That would be a compelling event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was. I had a heater the, in like three weeks. Of the worst kind. Yeah. Yeah. And so somebody could have made that a compelling event. Yeah. If they would have gotten flooded you your basement, that, put you in that situation. <laughs> they could have done that. <laughs> could yeah. have flooded. Right. But the point is, I guess the point to make is there. All the people who called me and followed up and came out wasted a lot of time. Yeah. Because yeah. it just wasn't any real reason yeah. for me to do it. Good. Right. Again. I'll, I'll let me just reconnect this to prioritize. It all depends. It's not about yes or no. It just depends what else is in your pipeline. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What else do you have in front of yeah, you? Yeah, that's a really good point, Mark. It, it, this doesn't mean that the deal's not going to happen. It's just you have to make decision. You have limited time. If you have 40 opportunities in front of you and you can only work 20, you've got to make a decision about the 20. That's right. And yeah. where you spend your time will ultimately determine yeah. your success. Yeah. That's just, and so you've got to make decisions. So if you go, well, that could be a compelling event, but it's not really right now, that just went below another opportunity that's compelling event is strong. So yeah. this isn't a good or bad thing. It's just what's best. Right. Yep. And I think bouncing these types of things off your leader and, and spending time together, you know, navigating this decision process, mm-hmm. especially if you're young in your career of, of selling or, or or just need a sounding board, it's a, it's a great way for you to partner up and, and think about these accounts that way So, uh, or opportunities that way. So let's move on. We, we talked about is the opportunity real? What about can we win? So let's talk about how we break that down, Tom. Well, it's a little bit the first criteria that that, that I, we have listed uh, we typically talk about under can you win is can you present or meet with the decision maker? So what's a little bit different about the is the opportunity real category is where we talked about who's driving it. You don't necessarily have to meet with the decision maker to determine if it's an opportunity is the is a real opportunity. But to win, you better meet with the decision maker. So this is where if if somebody's got access to the decision maker, and if it's not you, somebody else will, and you probably will lose. Every yeah. deal that I've lost is because I didn't have access to the decision maker. I mean, that's, at least that's one consistent thread through every deal I've ever lost, which has only been one or two, Scott, as you know. Yeah. Well, the other consistent thing with the deals you lost is you were involved. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. Yeah. That was that was the other thing. Yeah. That was the other thing. Yeah. That's true too. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's an accurate statement. That was very accurate. And I couldn't get access to the decision maker. Those two things. But the good thing you've done there is you've Mm -hmm. gone back and you've done a post-mortem on the deals you've lost. And now you know why you lost. It was short. We've talked about those in the past on the podcast as well. All right. So what's the second thing? Uh, decision driver alignment. So everybody has that you're going to work with. And there's formal and informal. But there's like, how are you going to make a decision between one firm or the other? And the way I like to ask this question is, if a price were equal, because price is always going to be on the decision course, yeah. right value. Is if price were equal, how would you determine between one solution or the other? And you just start getting their list, and you try to get a label for the list, and then you want them to rank that. You know, okay, one to five. Five being, i got to have it. One being, it's a nice, and yeah, I don't really need it. Uh, you know, rank those. And then you need to see where you align 
with their decision drivers. And this is where you got to be super honest. And the bottom line is what you want to see is, do they value what's unique about your company and solution? Yeah. You offer something that's proprietary, maybe hopefully a lot of things that are proprietary, unique to you. And if they don't value what you offer that's unique, then, then you're probably not going to win. Yeah. We pursued a deal earlier this year with a large pharmaceutical company. We believe we have really good content, and we teach, teach sellers how to effectively execute on a call. What they really wanted was process training. They wanted yeah. to teach their people process, not how to execute, but just to follow a process. 20%, they were looking for 20% of how to teach reps how to sell more effectively. We didn't win. Yeah. Because that's it wasn't a fit. They didn't value what yeah. we were. Yeah. yeah, they didn't value what was unique about us. And yeah. the opportunity was real, right? There was, it was the right a real people driving it. You know, they were looking for training. There was a reason. There were some changes. This was a European firm. There were some changes in the market. They were going into a new space. They needed training. So all the competitors that we were against should have had is the opportunity real as a high as a high value. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. there's real. They spent money. It's just not with us because of, of the alignment. And and this is where I'll say I, I try to put on maybe the fallacies I've seen in working with sales reps is, you know, they're not honest with themselves about what really is proprietary. Yeah. I'll walk yeah. into a room and they'll say, yeah. Well what's what what do you guys really do better? I'll hear we have really good customer service. <laughs> Bull. So does everybody. I mean, everybody has everybody that says and it. says that. Yeah. Is that really something that's different? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's really about saying what are the couple of things. And it's a couple of things. By the way, if you do 20 things that are different, you're not even listening to this podcast because you're selling. <laughs> you're printing you're money. Selling so much stuff. You're holding a bucket yeah. out of the window. <laughs> yeah. 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 But being honest about whatever it might be and saying, though, if I can hunt around for people who really are focused and appreciate and value what I do different, yeah. then that just is a much better opportunity mm. to win. I value that my pumpkin has proprietary spices in it. Mm -hmm. I value that. I and have guava in mine. Yeah, and that's, that's proprietary. Unique. That's very proprietary. Sure. Yeah, a, a great example of this, I think, is something we highly value is we teach sellers to be other-centered, sellers and leaders to be other-centered, to right. put the customer's needs first because we believe that ultimately they're going to be more successful and more fulfilled when they serve. It's like the backbone of success. Yeah. Um, if a company could care less about that, we're going to have a harder time winning that opportunity. It's like, it doesn't matter. Make calls. Just say this. Do this. Then all of a sudden. Boiler room. Yeah. It's a boiler room mentality. Then yeah. it's like, well, we may not be able to win. Yeah. I had someone tell me that your approach is too soft for us. Right. Yeah. We don't believe in the other-centered stuff. Right. And that is a lack of alignment in yeah. what we do different. We are probably not mm -hmm. winning that and one. And we did not win. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I should have known that earlier. Right. But, but I, I lied to myself. It was yeah. a long time ago, Tom. Sorry. Okay. A <laughs> couple you, more on can you win. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, a competitive advantage, Tom. What do you, what do you, what do you mean by that? A competitive advantage, and this is, again, where you need to step back and honestly answer this question from the customer's perspective, is who, who are they aligned with? Do they, do they like somebody more than you? Yeah. Do they, do they or are they working with somebody most of the time when you walk in, especially if you're late in the process, they already have a relationship with somebody. Maybe they don't, but this is the question you want to ask is, where, where do they, is there a competitive advantage? Does somebody else have a relationship? I remember working with a company like five or six years ago, and they'd already been working with a small firm, and this person was already connected to the, to the VP, the decision maker. Right. We never had a chance. Yeah. It was like he didn't even show up for the presentation. He said he was. He showed up for three minutes, then he left. And then the next guy walked in, just had a flip chart, and didn't write anything on it, and said, 
here's what we do and let's work on it together and they chose that guy now I'm not saying I didn't make other mistakes but there was definitely it definitely inhibited my ability to win is because there was a competitive advantage somewhere else so you've got to figure that out and you've got to determine can you up can you disrupt that yeah it may have to do with your strategy or it may mean you don't pursue yeah if you come in late in a three bids and a buy process and you didn't somebody help else traded this, yeah right now we're pursuing an opportunity one of our reps pursuing an opportunity and they're writing the RFP for the prospect yeah we have a competitive advantage yeah you could say they even have a survey that says Aslan's gonna be the first company second company third company there's no names they haven't even figured that out yet yeah and, you, and they're like well what do we should we put in an RFP right anytime somebody's asked me what should we put in the RFP I've lost I've, I mean I've won every single one yeah. of those opportunities and the opposites equally as true you come yes. in when someone else has set the, mm -hmm. the game rules and it's not a good chance right Okay, and uh, let's wrap up Can You Win? What's the last and final uh, important block there? Political uh, alignment. Political alignment. Um, so political alignment is looking at all the politics. So whether you, whether you like politics or don't like politics, it's happening. Yeah. Politics are happening inside. Rank does not equal influence when you're looking at the decision-making team. So there's not usually just one decision-maker. There's multiple people who influence the decision-maker. And so you need to know... Who are those influencers and how do they align with you versus align with the competition? Yeah. Yeah. And so if you've got the decision maker, let's say is neutral, but you've got three or four key influencers, again, maybe that aren't highly ranked, but maybe highly respected, who are aligned with somebody else or negative towards you, then you're in trouble. Yeah. You're not going to win. So that just needs to be one of your criteria is do you have political alignment? Do you have, you look, you know who the stakeholders are and they're aligned or at least neutral. Yeah. They don't have to be positive, but they can't be negative. Yeah. And this um, is part of what we talk about all the time about just treating everybody with respect and, and another centered approach to navigating any account. There's nobody uh, below you. <laughs> and if you have a reputation or a, an attitude as a, as a sales rep of, of running over people to get to the decision maker, you're, you're going to fail in this regard. Mm -hmm. You've got to treat everybody with respect because mm -hmm. they can all be very helpful to you down the line, or at least they could be. So exactly. it's, it's an important uh, thing to remember. Okay, good. All right, let's make the, the turn here and the transition to talking about our mindset as we go through this. So we've, we've kind of set the table with, is it real? Is the opportunity real? Can we win it? Talk to me about our mindset through this process. Well, I th I, one of the things that I always try to remind myself when I'm going through this is I try to kill the deal. Because yeah. my, my, when I'm in sales, I'm optimistic. I need to be optimistic. I need to be positive. I need to think I can win, and which obviously gets us over a lot of hurdles that, that, that we face in sales. But when I've got my hat on of trying to, where do I want to spend my time, and I'm filling out this criteria, and I'm making my decision, I need to try to kill the deal. Yeah. You know, I need to say, if they say, hey, we're trying to do this to this, I'm like, well, why, why would you have to do that? That doesn't seem like a, that important. Why would you have to invest in that? Why? Because it'd be so much easier if you didn't do this. This is going to take a lot of time and resource. Not that I'm going to actually say that, but in my mind, You're asking yourself, I, I'm trying to see to myself, if I were the CEO of their company, and I'm asking them to invest this time and resources. Would I do it? And I start from a place of probably not, yeah. and then let let the data, yeah. the reality, pull me towards a positive. And I think it's important to say that this isn't really a tactic. You're saying this is actually a mindset, a shift of how you want to think about it, and ultimately yeah. get the customer making sure they're thinking about. I think this is another great spot where a sales leader, a collaborative sales leader, working with a rep, can 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 help a rep think this way, right? Yeah. 
they can try to help the rep kill the deal. Now, what are the reasons this shouldn't work out or why this customer won't do this? And I think that's a great, great And this spot. is what great reps do. Great yeah. reps close a high percentage of the deals because a lot of them don't, they won't pursue deals they, can, they can't win. Past a certain point. Right. right so yeah. they, they, because they're very good at having this mindset of saying, okay, what's the reality here? Not do I want the reality to be. Right. There's no denial. And one of the ways they do it is another, and another kind of tip to, to having the right mindset is to answer these questions not from your perspective, but from the customer's perspective. I love that. Not do you value what's unique about your company, but do they value That's it? That's right. Now, they, it may not be, I mean, the reality is they should value it and they don't, doesn't matter. Yeah. If they don't value it, like, well, we don't care if our sales reps are other centered, well, you're wrong yeah. because other centered people sell more. Yeah. It doesn't matter. If the customer doesn't value it, and that's a key thing we offer, key proprietary, uh, you know, component of our solution, it's less qualified. Yeah, that's a great point. That's yeah. a great point. So as we wrap this up, I want to bring in the engineer in the room and, <laughs> and teach us how we might. Uh, you so know, you don't want me to answer this. I part. don't want you to answer no, any part no. of this last okay. part. I want all okay. Mark on this because I want to talk about, okay. you know, how you can set up a process around doing this, and 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 I think you know. Yeah, you could have some big elaborate scheme inside of Salesforce.com, or you could have a piece of paper and everything in between. But how do people really figure out how to processize or, or, or uh, structure around this? So I have a couple of things I want to mention first. first oh, dear. Processize. Is that a word? Okay. <laughs> Is that like strategery or no? Yeah, it's just like it, okay. actually. Secondly, uh, did we talk about meta message yet? Because no. For example, let me cover that here real quick. Yeah. Meta message. Yeah. Tom's the cool, really hotshot salesperson that does all the big deals, and this is where all the content's covered. Yeah. The dork at the end is the engineer, and he'll <laughs> talk about numbers, which we're fitting into two minutes. You're giving me the two minute sign to wrap up. Yeah. And then that's where we fall. So I'll that's my three. value. No, you can go three. Is that I, the meta message? I, I, I thought we talked about hiding that. Well, we tried. We tried. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yes. To make the all this, to, me. to make all this uh, <laughs> lip flapping. <laughs> I, I think you need to have one of my pogs. Yeah, yeah, I want a pog because I'm yeah, like 8% percent of, yeah. alcohol by volume. Uh, no, uh, for those listeners, this is the real important part, and that's making it tactical, for real. They, these things. So this is something that we do. Processize it. Uh, we do in Salesforce. Yeah, I'm, I'm an engineering geek, and we have it in Salesforce, and we we ask our sales reps to rank all the opportunities that they're, they're working on. But you can do this on a napkin. You can do it on a piece of paper. But for sure, it's just about breaking it down. For all of your opportunities or your opportunities within accounts, there's three criteria we talked about. Is the opportunity real? Is there an opportunity? Can you win? And is it worth winning? And if we're just focused on the first two, that's fine. So each of those, we'd probably recommend we weight them. We say, you know, is there an opportunity? It's a big one. I mean, is there, if there's no opportunity, you're, you're probably fishing in the wrong Yeah, spot. everything so, else kind of falls apart. So yeah. we kind of give that maybe a 60 kind of percent to opportunity real, maybe 30% to can you win or, or, or 50, 40 different sort of different, you know, break Ratios. Just yeah. break it down. And here's the key. Break each one down to three points, three or four points. We've talked about them. We've talked about is the opportunity real? Who's driving it? Is there a fit? Is there a compelling event? Yep. Write those down and just go and just it's a spreadsheet. Just go to your opportunity. Go to opportunity for account ABC and just put a one, two, or three. One is low, so that's bad. So if 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 low level people are driving the deal, give it a one. If the if the CEO is driving the opportunity and the initiative, put it a three. Be honest. If you're not sure, it's a one. Yeah. Right? Always give right. yourself a low score. Give them an yourself. example for compelling event, Mark. I think that one's really 
clear. Yeah, I think it's just about it's just about timing, right? It's about compelling event is the timeliness of it. Does it have to happen right now? Is the word that Tom used, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, if it's something they've been talking about and it's been on our list for a while and it's something we really want to do, that's a one. That's There's no compelling event. It's something changed. We get, we're get we getting ready to get sold. We have an initiative to drive the stock price up by X date and we have to have, you know, all you know, all hands on deck to do this. It's the and number one thing. This has to happen. This has to happen. That's a three. That's a three. So you can go through for those. You can go through for the couple that are can you win, and you'll end up, if you have a spreadsheet, you'll end up with a number. What does that number mean? Nothing by itself. It's just the health of the opportunity. And, again, I'll end with saying this is a prioritization process. Right. So I don't care if it averages 1, if it averages 3, or it averages 2.67. It's compared to all the others. That's right. So when you sort it, you know the best scores have the best chance of an opportunity, the best chance to win, and it's worth winning, and the lowest don't. And, the, and so you should prioritize accordingly, spend all your time in your top deals. And we've seen over and over again, that's where we win. The last thing I'll say, though, is don't give up on your low deals because some of these things you can have influence on. Access to decision makers. If you haven't presented to the decision maker, you're going to get a low score. If you want to improve your score, guess what? Find the decision maker That's and right. present to him and her. Or try to find a compelling event or make a compelling event. Or all those things that can be changed. Some of them you have control over. Go change them. Make your health higher and go prioritize the opportunity and win it. That's a really good point, Mark, you're making. Uh, is that if you score these, you can see where there may be. You, this, it is winnable, but you've got gaps. I think that's a really good point. It drives your strategy. Or you may look at your score and go, this is I am wasting my time because I can't change I can't change some of the criteria. Like you can't change the decision driver alignment. Like they just don't care. Well you might be able to change it, but at least you know what you, you yeah, know you know what you're up, up, up what you're up against. Well and that and that leads to your mindset comment from earlier about mm-hmm. this mindset of I'm trying to kill the deal to talk myself out of it, to talk them out of it. Uh, that's a great way to, to, to think about yeah. it, and you've got a prioritized list now to look at. So, And notice that we never mentioned deal size as the most important thing in this entire uh, entire podcast. It's, it's one of many uh, areas that you should be looking at. Uh, if we can be of any more help on this, certainly reach out, uh, drop your comments down below, and let us know uh, about this topic and any other topics you want to hear about. So... Uh, we uh, like us and share us and, um, and join us again next week on another episode of Ales with Aslan and enjoy the beer, everybody.